Hello, hello, this is Jonathan and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hello friends, hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are, whether that's in Zurich, Chicago or Valencia, Spain. And in today's episode, we will speak to my friend Andy Hill from Marriage, Kids and Money, with his wife Nicole, he paid off $195,000 of mortgage in five years. That's quite impressive in my book, don't you think? Anyway, we will discuss how he managed to pay down such an amount so fast, why he chose to go that route, and what the surprising benefits are of living mortgage-free. And next to this impressive achievement, Andy also has a full-time job, he's a husband, he's a father of two, and he also runs the successful podcast Marriage, Kids and Money since a little over three years. We will dig into how he manages actually his time wearing all these different hats. This episode is for you if you're wondering how to pay down your mortgage faster and or if you're a busy professional and a family man like Andy and you're still looking at developing a side hustle and how to manage all this. Manage your time between all the responsibilities and still spend time with your family. So let's hear how Andy became financially free and how he is strengthening his family tree. Hello Andy, how are you doing today? I'm great, Johnny. Thank you so much for having me today. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, for the listeners, uh, today I'm having my friend Andy Hill. Uh, he's running the podcast Marriage, Kids and Money. It's a successful podcast. It has been around for uh, a little more than two years, I think. Yeah, just uh, it's we started in, let's see, late 2016. So a little over a little over three years now. Yeah. Oh, three years. OK, excellent. And uh, yeah, we, we've uh, chatted uh, through the through our FinCon group, and I had the chance as well to, to meet uh, Andy um, in Washington, D.C. And uh, yeah, maybe uh, Andy, you can tell us a little bit about your, um, your podcast, or what is it about, Marriage, Kids and Money? Yeah, sure. So I host a podcast called Marriage, Kids and Money. It is a weekly show that helps young families build wealth and thrive, because because I was just interested in that. And uh, I wanted to help my young family build wealth and thrive. So I figured, why don't I interview a bunch of really smart people like young millionaires or financially independent couples or debt-free parents and ask them how they did it and then take that information and share it with not only myself, but the potential audience that might listen. So three years later, I've been having a lot of fun and people started listening. So yeah, <laughs> life's good, man. Okay, so so it takes three years to for people to listen? <laughs> Well, uh, no, no. I, I think in the beginning, you um, you know, you're very happy just producing fun content and meeting a lot of people. And yeah, not a lot of people are listening. But over time, if you produce some great consistent stuff that people you know resonate with, and you kind of choose and choose a niche that works well for you, uh, you know, it could turn into a little something. So right now, I mean, it's just a side hustle for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I made. Um, Let's see, this year I'll make probably like $25,000 with it. So it's a fun little thing for me to do. I connect with a lot of great people, connect with some fun brands, help promote companies that I have a, you know, a good alignment with. And it's just, it's just a good time. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm starting, as you know, so for now it's a good time and it's a great way I used to, to connect with others and as well to catch up with you, for example. That's absolutely, a, absolutely. And today, okay, we're not gonna just chit chat. <laughs> we, we are also gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna take a topic that uh, you've been uh, speaking about on your um, on your website. But it, it, I think it's very helpful for people, and um, it is about paying down your mortgage in five years. So you um, 
you mentioned to me that you had a, you found your dream house and you had a mortgage for about $195,000 mm -hmm. and, and you chose instead of, you know, like mo many people to pay it uh, under 20 or 25, 30 years to pay it under five years. And I think this is a very interesting topic because sometimes people are in this conundrum of, should I pay my mortgage faster to get my house uh, quicker, debt-free, or should I just uh, ride along, pay low, um, I mean, not necessarily low, but should I just pay the yeah, repayment plan and go with it and the extra money I invest in other stuff or I do something else with it, spend it or whatever. So yeah, I'm very curious to hear your story and uh, I think that it will be helpful for the listeners to know why you did this and, and how. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's a fun story to talk about. I'm glad you you're invited me on to talk about it. So yeah, in 2013, uh, my wife and I were living in a nice community with our one-year-old daughter at the time. And my wife had a desire to move to a nicer neighborhood with a larger home and a nicer community, better schools, because we were expecting our second child. Mm -hmm. So I was a little hesitant though, because I didn't really want to you know, get a bigger house because that meant a bigger mortgage. And I already had a job that was kind of stressful. And I thought, well, if I get a bigger house with a bigger mortgage, then I'm definitely, definitely going to need to stay at this job that I, you know, I don't really love, but it's an industry that, you know, I, I've, I've learned really well. And I just, I just feel stressed being there. So if I buy a house with a bigger mortgage and bigger payments, then I'm just going to be on this, you know, I guess, hamster wheel forever. That's, that's kind of how I felt, right? So I said to my wife, okay, well, let's look at that house, but let's agree to pay it off in five years. That way you can get the house and the neighborhood and the community that you love, and I can get a mortgage-free life with a little bit more options for my future. That way I'm not always working in an industry that I'm, you know, that doesn't really make me happy and mm -hmm. kind of consumes a lot of my time. And, you know, it helps me to kind of design my life as well. So we agreed. We shook hands on that and said, sounds good. Let's do it. So we bought the house. Uh, we put uh, quite a bit down to help us to get what we wanted. Uh, but a $195,000 mortgage is what we went in with. And that's pretty typical. A lot of people get a $200,000 mortgage. Uh, we went in with a 15-year so that we could have aggressive payments and um, pay it down as quickly as possible. We ended up just partnering together. Uh, with that agreement. And over the next four years, we were able to pay it off early. So through some partnership, some collaboration with my wife and I, and just overall kind of putting it out there of, hey, this is the kind of life we want. We want to live without the payments, but we want the great neighborhood. What can we do to do that? It was a great partnership. Okay, excellent. So so now we're in 2019, two years later. So two years later, you live in your house. I mean, it doesn't cost you nothing per month. Yeah. I mean, we still have to pay our uh, insurance and our property taxes and things like that and our utilities. So it's not zero payments, but yeah, we were paying outside of property taxes, taxes and insurance. We we're paying $1,300 a month for our mortgage. And so we don't have to pay any of that anymore. And then we were also putting extra payments to the mortgage every month, the mortgage principal. So we save now we're not doing that about $35,000 a year mm -hmm. uh, back in our lives. So we've had a lot of fun with that extra 35,000. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine. <laughs> and uh, something as well interesting, uh, Andy, is that um, I think your wife also took uh, some time off. So, I mean, it's not that uh, you both saved at the same time a lot of money. It's just uh, 
there were some changes along the along the way. Yeah, at that very year when we decided to buy the home and close on it in 2014, our, our son came into the world and mm-hmm. um, my wife wanted to stay at home full time. And I said, you know what, that's that's great. I think this is going to be awesome for our kids. Uh, it's going to be awesome for them to grow up with their mom at home and give you an opportunity to take a break from a job that you're not super excited about either. We both kind of chose careers that we weren't <laughs> thrilled about. <laughs> But hey, what do you what do you know when you're 18? You're picking college, right? Yeah. Um, so she stopped working, went full time, stayed home mom, and yeah, I worked hard on my career, um, and um, it was good. It was good. It was sort of a transition in our life. We both started in our marriage. We were both working full time. Uh, when we had our first child, she went to part time, and then full time stayed home mom. And now we're kind of coming on the opposite side of things, where she's back at part time, and we're just sort of figuring things out. It's it's lifestyle design. You change as your family situations change and your income changes. So uh, we're working on it together. It's fun. Okay, and, and about your jobs, um, you mentioned the stress, etc. And yeah, how if you're comfortable sharing this on on the, on the podcast. But have you changed jobs since, or did you? Are you still in the same uh, position, or higher in that company? I'm still in the same position. Uh, I have, from when we purchased the home, I'm at the same company. Things have changed a little bit, but mostly it's just sort of this is kind of the lifestyle that we have. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I've got a job that you know, demands a little bit more of my time and makes me travel a little bit. That doesn't mean that we don't have plans for the future about what that might be. I'm very, I admire what my wife has done now. She's gone into a part-time position where she's got control of her hours. Maybe uh, I think she works from 9.30 to 3.30 every day. So she's able to drop our kids off at school and then pick them up at the end of the day. I see probably in the next couple of years, maybe something for me just like that, you know, where Mm -hmm. I'm working part-time, working on something that I'm passionate about. Um, but right now where we are in our situation, this, uh, this works fine for us, but I'm only 37 and I think some lifestyle design is probably coming up in our near future. Okay. And in the meantime as well, you achieved, I mean, you're less stressed than before since your house is paid. Okay. Maybe that also helps you at work to not feel so so much stress. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's a really good point, Johnny. I I've kept the job, but it feels like a completely different job too, because, when you're when you have no no mortgage, you have no debts, and you've got a lot saved for retirement, and you've got a I think we have a, like a a year's worth of savings in a an emergency fund, your demeanor changes. You know, you feel a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more stressed. You're able to speak your mind a little bit more. Yeah, you're because, a bit bolder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just sort of have that. So, what's the worst that could happen? Kind of thoughts, which is great, and it and it makes me enjoy my job a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, yeah, I'm, I really admire a lot of what my wife's uh, been able to do with her part-time situation. And I think that moving in that direction in the future would be great. Okay, very good. And of course, I'm sure that the listeners will ask, yeah, but okay, $195,000 in under five years. How does one achieve such a, such a high savings rate, such a, such a major change? Because to me, it's a, it seems like a lot. It is. Yeah. And, and I won't I won't I won't uh, be bashful in saying we have a pretty good income together. We probably make uh, on the higher end of the, you know, six figure scale. So that helps us quite a bit. And so we were able to pay off, you know, on average, if that's a hundred ninety five thousand dollar mortgage, just the quick math, if we were able to pay off that in four years, that's about fifty thousand dollars extra that you're throwing at a mortgage. So that's a lot of money. And uh, we were living on 50 percent of our income during that period of time because, 
we had been used to living on like $60,000 a year and that was sufficient for us. So living on 60,000 and then using the rest to save for our retirement, pay off our mortgage and go on vacations and have fun. Um, we were able to do that. So yeah, we definitely had a higher income, but that came with a lot of work in order Mm -hmm. to get that higher income over time. You know, I started off my career making, I think $28,000 out of college. And yeah, I mean, it takes some time and some working hard in your career, uh, putting in the hours to, to get to that six figure level. So uh, we worked hard. And, uh, when we got to that point where we made the decision where Nicole was going to stay at home, um, it was an easier decision because we had built the income to where it was. And we had also been used to living on 50% of our income. We, we've been living on 50% of our income pretty much the entirety of our marriage, uh, because, um, it's a decision that we made together and a lot of the financial goals that we had together, we were able to do because of that big savings rate. Okay. So it was not like you, you didn't have a change when you decided to buy the house that, okay, you're spending not extravagantly, but you're spending money. I mean, I would say less with less intent, uh, with, with less of a purpose and you bought the house and then you say, oh, we need to cut it. You always, yes. always had that kind of spirit or mentality to to live uh, on 50% of your income. Yeah, we've, we've used the 50% mark to kind of help us to mm-hmm. set our specific goals. So in the beginning of our marriage, we started off with about $50,000 of debt. I had $30,000 of student loan. She had $20,000 of car debt. And we said, hey, if we can just kind of, you know, we, we were both living separately with our different incomes. Now that we're combined, why don't we just live on half and see what we can do? So we paid off our debt in about a year. The next goal then became, hey, what can we do to keep the same intensity and then Nicole can go Mm part-time. And then our next goal was, Hey, let's pay off this mortgage. Uh, (laughs) so we're just, we keep setting up fun goals for ourselves and, and that just kind of inspires us. So having that higher savings rate definitely gives us the ability to do that. And it also helps us to kind of look at the future being like, okay, well, what's the kind of work that we love to do? And if we needed to live on half of our income to do it, we probably could. Oh, that's excellent. Because then, yeah, it's really lifestyle design. Then exactly, it, it doesn't matter what, I mean, you just want to live the life you want with the job you want and yeah, try to find part-time jobs that can help you find times for your podcast, your other venues, spend time with your kids. I really like that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And for the listeners and as well, maybe for a bit for myself, let's be honest, <laughs> you managed to cut uh, your cost, I mean, your uh, expenses to up to 50% of your income. Yeah. Uh, do you have any specific tips that really helped you or uh, or maybe crazy things that, that uh, help you cut costs drastically? Yeah. So what we did in the beginning of our relationship is we essentially analyzed what we were spending and we were spending about a hundred percent of our income. You know, we were newlyweds and we were having fun. We were going out, we were going to concerts, we were, you know, getting drinks with our friends and having a good time. And it wasn't until we learned that we were going to be parents that our situations changed. We kind of had a different mindset. We said, okay, well, we're not just living for ourselves. We're not just living for today. We're, we're literally bringing a little girl into the world and we want to make sure that she has the best life possible. So the first thing that clicked in my brain was, well, what can we do to eliminate that debt and then, you know, set her up for a great future, you know, help her to graduate college debt free, help her to have parents that aren't always fighting about money. So that became our driving force as we started to look at our budget and say, well, what can we do? What can we slash? What can we do to help, you know, bring things down? 
Um, and you know, one of the things we've already talked about is paying off the mortgage. That definitely that definitely yeah. helps slash mm-hmm. the expenses quite a bit. Uh, groceries. We've um, made a lot of changes in our grocery shopping. We used to shop at uh, Kroger. I know there's lots of different. Uh, uh, grocery stores all around the country, all around the world. But this was a spe- uh, specifically uh, a bigger grocery store in our uh, our area. And then we found Aldi, and Aldi's been a big change for us. I know they have that in Europe as well. Well, it's German, actually. <laughs> it's German. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they have it here, and it helps us save quite a bit of money. So essentially just looking at our grocery spending and how we're spending it, that helped us to bring things down probably around $3,000 per year, just making a change where we were shopping and how we were doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh we looked at all of our monthly bills and just figured out ways to negotiate them down, whether they're cable bills, just deciding, hey, let's not get, let's not have cable anymore. It's not something we really need. Or looking at our cell phone plans, we went from a, uh, a different plan with Verizon to a prepaid plan that helped us to bring our, our spending quite a bit down and essentially gets the same benefit. It's just a, if you look into your bills, and that's kind of what we did, just saying, what are we actually spending on and what do we need out of it? Um, that helped us to kind of decide, okay, well, what can we what can we do to get the same benefits for a lower price? So you look at your insurance bill and you say, hey, we're spending this much on insurance, but this company over here is going to give us the exact same thing for $1,000 less. It's just taking that little time to investigate and seeing what you can do to save uh, has, has been monumental for us. And when when needed, you know, we're we get into side hustling, right? Mm-hmm. So in our, it's not just decreasing our expenses, it's increasing our, our income, right? So my wife took a, a side hustle uh, over the past year or so as a um, uh, an organizer. So she goes into people's homes and helps them to create order, you know, um, help them to know where things need to go and create a little st- less stress in their home. I started a podcast three years ago and that's helped me bring in some more income. So it's a combination of decreasing our expenses and increasing our income that's helped us to stay near that 50% mark. And as I hear it, there was no feeling of deprivation. I, I hear uh, I, you try to keep the same level of uh, lifestyle, and you, but you don't necessarily feel deprivation. You don't necessarily cut where you feel like, okay, I'm doing an effort here. I mean, I feel you, you just try to keep the same uh, habits and lifestyle and live your life, actually. Absolutely. And that that comes with a lot of conversation, too, Mm -hmm. because my wife and I have different, I guess, views on money. Um, Obviously, I started a podcast on on personal finance, so you can tell which which side of the coin I'm on that I'm a big saver or, uh, you know, I'm interested in that side of things. My wife really likes to enjoy life today. And that's cool. You know, we just have different views on on money. And I've come to really appreciate her views on money, too, because it helps me enjoy the now enjoy what we have today, the opportunity to go on vacations, to give our kids, you know, great experiences, help them out with activities. And we sort of balance each other out. So I want to, I don't want to say it's always been, you know, perfect throughout the process. We've had a lot of arguments. We've had a lot of discussions about what's right and what's wrong. And really at the end of the day, what we discovered is that there is no right or wrong. It's just different opinions. And if we can listen to each other and understand where the other party is coming from, then we can be more empathetic and probably find some middle ground. And that's what we've worked on over the past couple of years. And I I love her and she's really helped me to find that middle ground and I've helped her as well. So we're a good balance for each other. Yeah. So do I understand that you're uh, more like looking at the numbers, more analytical and more saving type or uh, 
Absolutely. No, you've got it right. Yeah, the guy, the guy who starts the personal finance website is definitely <laughs> into the numbers. Absolutely. Yeah. So for do you have a concrete example where you had, uh, let's say, different views and then after discussion you tried to balance each other or... Yeah, I've got a good example. So mm -hmm. we paid off the mortgage, right, in the end of 2017, and it was a really cool moment. We were really excited about it. We celebrated with our kids, and we got to that point of just sort of, you know, freedom, feeling really great. And it took a little while for me to take my foot off the gas. You know, I was very excited about financial goals and what's next. Hey, uh, we paid off our mortgage. Why don't we try to hit financial independence? I've heard about that a lot. And maybe we could retire early. Yeah. That's amazing. And then it came to a point where my wife and I started to have just some disagreements. She's like, are you serious? This is, you, you want to, you want to do some more intense, even more intense savings <laughs> than we already have been. Mm -hmm. What can we do to kind of just find some middle ground here? And it took a little while for me to, to realize that, yeah, I mean, this has got to work for both of us. We're, you know, there's two people in this marriage. If it's not working for her, then, you know, we got to figure out a way to do this because I love her. And it's, you know, financial goals are just one thing. My marriage is so much more important. Absolutely. So we took some time to celebrate, to enjoy ourselves, to go on vacations, to let her really enjoy decorating our home finally you know the one that we bought six years ago she'd kind of been <laughs> holding back because we had these big goals i let my foot off the gas you know she had some fun and lo and behold it wasn't horrible for me it was beautiful i love this home it feels so relaxing i love coming here she's got such an eye for design and for organization that my home feels like a palace so i've i've found that just relaxing myself and letting go a little bit has been fantastic Yeah. Okay. So I, know, I, I like that because then it's like, okay, yeah, it's, it, you reach your goal. It's okay. Just chill a bit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Relax and have fun and, and realize that the whole point of giving yourself some space with your money is so you can have some space with your money and enjoy it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's made for saving and uh, strengthening our family trees. That's it, right, man. That's right. <laughs> And be financially free. That's your motto on the podcast. But it, yeah, it's true. I mean, there's a part of money is good to enjoy as well. I mean, like, what's the point of having so much left over if you cannot uh, go on a nice vacation with your family, go to a restaurant, go to a theme park with your kids or something? Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we've been doing a lot of that more. And then that's kind of been an awakening for me over the past year or so is what can I do to take this extra money and create a stronger bond with my family? And this year I made a goal to do a monthly date night with my wife. And I also made a goal to do one-on-one -on -one get togethers with my kids. So every other month we do dedicated one-on-one -on -one time. So we are, you know, creating memories that we're going to remember forever. This is some magical time for my kids right now. They're five and seven. This is a moment where I am really going to craft the bond that we're going to have for the rest of our lives. So I set that goal and I'm so happy that I've done it every single month for the entire year this year. And it has been the absolute best money that I've ever spent. And I can't wait to do it more in 2020. Excellent. And is there a part of the, you know, you had your repayment, you're spending your money with your family. Is there a part of that money that you reallocate to other investments or uh, savings? Yeah. Yeah, so it's so it's been a lot of fun stuff, um, you know, vacations and redecorating the home and spending more time with the family. But yes, we have um, 
always done our retirement uh, during the process. Even when we were paying it off, we've been maxing out our uh, 401k program through our office uh, as well as our Roth. Um, we got to a point where our income was higher than the Roth IRA limit, so we couldn't do the Roth anymore. So we'd been using a traditional IRA and then we've also been investing in brokerage account. We had for a while had this goal of buying our first rental property so that we can diversify our income and have a little bit of passive income. Um, we have just been sitting on the proverbial fence with not buying a property. We've just been saving up a lot of money. There's been a lot of things going on in our lives, our, in our marriage. We just don't want to add one more thing that might be a little bit more stressful. Mm -hmm. So we're sort of paused right on there. So we've just got a bunch of money you know, sitting in a savings account waiting to decide if that's something we want to do next year. Uh, but for now, with my wife, you know, getting back into the workforce and our kids starting school full time, we just thought that's just too many things right now to try to do. Mm -hmm. Buy a rental property. So we're, we've are we been mostly putting our money in the stock market uh, and brokerage and uh, our retirement funds. Yeah. On a personal level, for example, I I have sold one parking spot that I had. Okay, I, I sold it earlier this month, so I'm quite happy, and I, I've got a little some savings from it. But as well, for now, I'm also evaluating a few opportunities to reinvest it. Hmm. But as long as I don't know, as long as I'm not convinced, I will not put my money anywhere. So, of course, this is a fun part-time activity for me. I'm, I'm just trying to nerd out a bit and see, okay, shall I put it in stocks? Maybe I can use it for some small real estate, etc. But... I would say that as long as you don't know, as long as you don't feel confident and it's not matching your goals, I would I would say leave it for now. Yeah. Uh, uh, until you are convinced and not until other things may be cleared out in your in your case, for example, that you know, okay, I can I will buy this new property, I will buy the stocks, this is fitting my goal, and then I can move on. I love that. Yeah, and you not you and I have talked about this quite a bit too. We we were, we had I had you on my podcast and we talked in person about this whole real estate thing. It it's a big commitment and I think that that's what I've kind of learned from speaking to a lot of people is that don't go into it just kind of half-hearted. You know, you you're you're going to be spending a lot of time whether you're outsourcing it or not. Mm -hmm. You're going to be spending a lot of time making sure you got the right property, the right people managing it and do it when you are ready. And I, I don't think we're quite ready yet. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't feel it, just uh, wait for it and uh... Okay, and Andy, actually, um, one big question I have for you, because, okay, you're a father of two, you're a husband, you, okay, you're financially free, you have your full-time job, and you do your side hustle as a, as a podcast host. So how, how do you manage all those activities? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I'm just I'm figuring it out every day, honestly. <laughs> um, but no, uh, what, what I, I mean, my typical day for me is I'm an early riser, so my kids and my wife like to sleep in. So I try to get as much done as I can lately uh, with the time change and everything like that in the fall. I've been getting up around 5.30 or 6 and just kind of mm -hmm. getting a couple hours of work done before my family wakes up. So that is, you know, interviewing somebody for my podcast or writing a new article or planning out the business. And then, you know, when the kids wake up, it's getting them ready and getting them off to school. And then I have a day full of... Uh, you know, full-time job and everything like that at my, at my, at my office. And then depending on how the evenings go, my wife and I have done this uh, fun thing lately on Mondays and Tuesday nights, we call it mommy's night. Mm -hmm. So that is 
me doing the dishes. That is me putting the kids to bed. That is letting her sort of disappear uh, from 7 p.m. on so she can have a night on her own. Mm -hmm. And then on Wednesday and Thursday night, we call that daddy's night. So uh, I get to work on my side hustle. I get to go play board games with my friends, whatever, on Wednesdays and Thursday nights. Um, so that's sort of how the week kind of goes. I do my very, very best to not try do any um, side hustle work on the weekends. Sometimes it happens, you know, depending on what's going on. If I've got a super busy week at work and sometimes if I have to stay late. But during during a great week when I've got it all done, I try to avoid work on the weekends as much as possible. And a big And a big thing that I try to do that I've been working on for the past couple of years is that when I get home from work, um, a, a great guy that I spoke to on my podcast told me, he said it was called uh, minding the gap. So the time between when you arrive home from work to when you're going into family mode, you could do a few things to sort of separate that. So you go inside, you splash some water on your face, you turn off your phone and you change into comfortable clothes. And then you're sort of saying goodbye to work, Andy. And then you're saying hello to father, Andy or, or husband, Andy. So it's sort of that transition point where you're turning something off and then turning something on. So I've tried to do that, and it's uh, it's been a great habit, uh, especially the phone thing, because I get distracted by my phone. So if I put it physically away from me and turn it off, then I can provide my full attention to my family, and that's something I've been working on as well. Okay, so if anyone wants to develop a side hustle or side activity next to his job, your tip would be try to do some work before going to your job, I mean, assuming they're in a nine to five, do so, try to do some work before. And if you're married or whatever your situation, try to have some, some, a few evenings off or a few evenings where you can uh, work on your hustle. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a balance too. If you're married, uh, try to find out what works for your spouse too, because you might have some excitement around your side hustle or your, or some excitement around whatever you're trying to do to make a little bit more money. But make sure that that works for your spouse, too, because this is a, a two-way street and you want to make sure that everybody's happy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Andy, thanks a lot. Uh, I think it was uh, very helpful and insightful for our listeners. And I really appreciate talking to you as well, <laughs> just uh, because I know you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Johnny. This has been awesome. It's just a, it's a pleasure. And uh, yeah, just before we head off, so I, I have a few uh, quick fire questions that I ask my guests. And um, so it's three questions. So my first question to you is, what has been your best investment so far? Well, yeah, I, pro I will probably have to borrow from one of my earlier answers. I would say the investment that I made this year in making a goal to spending dedicated time with my family. So the date nights that I've been doing with my wife once a month, mm -hmm. we get very creative with those. She takes one month to plan it. And then I take the next month to plan it. So I get the odd months, she gets the even months. <laughs> okay. And it's been a lot of fun because it's growing the bond that we have together. And we are laughing and having fun like we did 10 years ago when we met each other. Sometimes you lose a little bit of that in your in your marriage uh, or your your relationships as they continue to go on. So this is sort of bringing a little bit of fire back into our lives. And I love it. Excellent. And then my uh, second question is, do you have a favorite book that you could uh, recommend to anyone? It does not need to be financial. Yeah, I would say The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson is one of my favorites. It's a really quick read. It's a short one. Mm -hmm. But the main point of it is our small actions that we take on a daily basis can have gigantic impact. 
So he talks about this in all facets of your life too, both financially, uh, spiritually, uh, for your health, for your family. And it's, it's a great read. Okay. Excellent. Uh, I'll, uh, definitely have a look because I'm all into habits and uh, all these kind of things. So, uh, okay. Excellent. I'll have a look. And then the, my last question is, um, I kind of changed it actually, but hmm. before I had the question, yeah, what would you do with $1 million? Aha. I'm changing it up a bit. And now I'm asking you, what is your best purchase you have made for under a hundred dollars? Oh yeah. Well, I would say, I would say lately it has been the experiences that I've had with my kids. So we signed up my son for his soccer, for his soccer team. And that was under a hundred bucks. And I also signed up to be his assistant coach. So the bond that we've built over the past couple of months, playing soccer together, having fun and creating memories has been the best hundred dollars that I've spent recently. Oh yeah. The value is, uh, is immense. I mean, it has no price. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Andy, of course, um, I mean, the listeners will want to hear more about you and uh, also, uh, you have some great episodes and I think I will listen to the last one. Uh, I'm curious to hear about it. It's about the, the person living paycheck to paycheck with a hundred Uh, making a hundred thousand dollars. So I'm really curious to hear this one. And how can the listeners uh, find you actually on social media or websites or? Uh... Absolutely. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for having me on. If you guys like podcasts, because you're listening to this great show, all you need to do is go to marriage, kids and money and your favorite podcast player and hit subscribe or listen to the latest episode that um, Johnny just mentioned. And my website is marriagekidsandmoney.com. I also have a free guide on my website called the Young Family Wealth Playbook. It takes all of the interviews that I've had over the past three years and combines them into a seven-step guide on how you can build wealth for your young family. So you can check that out at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash playbook. Okay, very good. And I'm sure uh, you will have a lot of new visitors and listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been a blast. Excellent. Okay, see you, Andy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Andy's such a great guy. I really enjoyed my uh, conversation with him, and I hope you did too, and that you learned something from our conversation. Anyway, here are my key takeaways from Andy. Andy and his wife decided to pay down their mortgage in five years, and this has helped Andy to feel less stressed at work. He said it feels different, and it makes his work even more enjoyable, actually, even though his job is not his huge passion. The second key takeaway I noted down is that Being able to find yourself in a stable financial situation without a mortgage, with your emergency fund, with retirement savings working in the background, will also encourage you to speak your mind more easily at work. You will feel more bold in your speech at work, for example. My next key takeaway is that when you have a solid financial foundation, it will also be a great starting point to think about lifestyle design, meaning that you can start thinking about working part-time, Or you can start spending more time on a project you're passionate about, in Andy's case, the podcast. Managing to save up to $195,000 in such a short time is hard. As Andy said, you will need to work hard, you will need to work your way up uh, at your job to increase your salary, and then you also need to live on a fraction of your income, in his example, 50%. And in addition, this also means that you will need to agree at home with your partner, your spouse, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, on how to achieve this and how to work together to achieve this. Here are a few of Andy's tips to achieve a high savings rate. You can, for example, okay, slash the mortgage like he did, 
shop for groceries at cheaper branches like Aldi, cut on monthly expenses and for example don't be afraid to negotiate, switch your phone plans, use only what you need and negotiate your car insurance for example. Next one. As a couple you will have different views on money with your different backgrounds etc. So embrace your different views, work on solutions to find a middle ground and balance each other out. And for the money nerds like Andy and me, that means also to sometimes just let go of your uh, financial habits, your money habits. Let go, relax, just let go. Money is there to spend to use it on great experience and create a bond with your family or your loved ones. Another great point I noted down from our discussion is that when you have accumulated some savings and you want to use it for an investment like a rental property for Andy or some other ventures, stock exchange, bonds, whatever, and but you're not sure, you're you're evaluating a few options, you're not sure, it's not the right time, etc. Well, don't do nothing. Just leave it there. Wait until you're confident in the use you have found for your money. And last but not least, here are Andy's secret time management tricks. The first one is just to wake up early and try to get as much done as possible before his, the rest of his family wakes up. A second one is to split his time with his wife, for example, the mommy's nights on Mondays and Tuesdays and the daddy's nights on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And the last time management tip I really liked is to mind the gap, meaning you really make a cut between your work time and your home time. When you arrive from work, you change into other clothes, you cut your work phone off, you leave the notifications, you change from work you to father you, husband you, or just you. <laughs> so that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcast. And of course, please do not hesitate to contact me. If you have any questions or feedback, send me an email, john at johnnytalks.com or connect through social media at Johnny Talks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And amigos, once more, thanks so much for listening, and I'll speak to you next time.